Welcome back to Retail Therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast. My name's Will DeFries. In the studio with me today, my loyal co-host, Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how we doing? Oh, man. You know, we are doing okay, but uh, but just okay. Because, um, <laughs> you know, as you, as you just mentioned pre-pod, we are, we're the Sniffle Boys today. And so I think we're going to record our, our most nasally podcast yet. Correct. And that's, uh, that's big for us. I, I, there, was a, there was a scenario today where I just didn't even come in to record at all. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad we're doing it. I think this is what we need. Uh, but yeah, if, if there are a few sniffles, we'd like to apologize in advance for those. It's the, it's the perils of recording in Austin, Texas, you know? It's like almost nowhere else deals with, with this level of just like constant mold, cedar, oak, grass. Just name an allergen. It's probably high today. I like that like... I don't have to worry. Like at this point in my life, like having a hangover is not as big of a worry because I usually haven't been letting myself get to that point right, of drinking right. enough to get one. But now I have to worry about the hangover of doing outdoor activities and how that'll affect the next four days of my life uh, as I trudge through spring in Austin, Texas. Yeah, just yeah, but the, I, all the allergens. You know, you do. You just have to continue with your routine. That's why, and that's why I agree with you that it's this is what we needed. We had to get in to the stew, record the pod. You know, you got to put, you got to push through. Yeah. Like they, they say that, uh, they say that exercising and just like in, in doing that type of stuff, like helps to clear it all out much in the same way. I believe that, um, speaking into a microphone, to, um, with your boys also does that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I should start working out and maybe my allergies will improve. I mean, you know, I, I who knows? Let's we, not, we, we, let's we, not, we, let's we, not we, get out of control. Yeah. Here. We, we punted on, uh, on the, the gym column that we had on the rundown today, which I feel like is, you know, in, in favor of stuff that's just more on brand for us. Yeah. Today's I, to be honest, like Part of the reason I wanted to record today was because when I started putting this rundown together yesterday, I was like, dude, there's too much on here. Yeah, We're going to have to yeah. remove some stuff. And we had to remove some really good stuff. We did. Uh, something that might help our allergies uh, you know, be reduced a little bit, Barrett, is simply leaving town. That's right. Which is something I'd like to do in the near future. And luckily for us, I think we are doing this in the near future. Uh, if you are a New Yorker, Maybe you're not a New Yorker and you just live in New York City at this point and you're getting there. Maybe you're just somewhere in the tri-state area. Maybe you just want to pop by. Maybe you're a Philly or a DC person. While we have not established every single detail, while everything is not quite yet completely ironed out, we do want to give listeners of Retail Therapy a heads up that we might be in the New York City area uh, around May 10th. May, May 10th, yeah. Yep. So pencil in your calendars for maybe a uh, small event in the in the midtown borough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, midtown neighborhood. We might be there. Just a little south of Central Park. <laughs> yeah, we Six, might be there. Six ish p.m. Maybe a little live pod. I don't know. Just pencil it in. Maybe a little cocktail. Maybe a little something. But it sounds like it's happening. So if you do uh, feel like you know being around, put it on the calendar. Please do. Yeah. Pencil it into your calendar, and we will hopefully see you there. Uh, or if you're going to be at the Kentucky Derby, it sounds like we're going to be there as well. And so uh, if you see us from afar, we're not really going to have any event at the Kentucky Derby, I'll say. But if you see us from afar or if you see us near, just holler at us. We want to say hello. We are going to be uh, on um, team content. Yes. That weekend, I yes. believe. You might be on on the team of a horse or, or or a rider or a jockey or something like that. We'll be on team content. Yeah, all I care about is the content that's <laughs> happening. Uh, I've learned long ago in my my previous Kentucky Derbies uh, that I will not profit very much, and so what I will do instead is uh, just capture all the beauty that is Churchill Downs. Cannot wait, but it's going to be a loaded uh, week long kind of just uh, content yeah. for Barrett and I. Yeah, should be fun though. Should be fun. Um, 
Let's get some official business out of the way. First and foremost, I apologize. Uh, we do not have video today. Producer Randy has been out for the past couple weeks, uh, and we are sad to report that his father passed away, and so he has been out. Uh, he will be back later this week. We can't wait to have him back. Uh, we love Randy. We feel so badly that he has to go through this, but we also can't wait to have him back in the studio, and uh, we're just excited to, be, to, to have things back to normal a little bit, but uh, we're thinking about Randy, and uh, yeah, prayers up to Randy. If you have any questions for us on the podcast, never hesitate to hit us up on Instagram at retail.pod, or you can hit me up at Will DeFreeze, Barrett at Barrett Dudley, and you can watch most of our episodes, obviously not today's, on YouTube at youtube.com slash Podcast, and we do listener companions for each episode at willdefreeze.substack.com. There are links to every single thing on here in the description of this episode, so don't hesitate to go down and check that out. Uh, but let's get into it. Our t episode today is presented by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website. You can engage with your audience. You can sell anything, your products, the content you create, even your time. When I first started Sunday Scaries, Squarespace is where I turned to to make my first ever website. And spoiler alert, I'm still using that website to this day. If you go to sunday-scaries.com, you will see a Squarespace site. We used it at Wash Media overall. I love Squarespace. I've always loved it. They've made it very easy to make very good looking websites. And they have so many different features that allow you to, to promote yourself, to promote your brand, to sell products, to do anything, to reach your customers. So whether you're trying to send an uh, automated email to your customers, or if you're trying to blog, or if you're simply trying to sell a product directly to a customer, look no further than our friends over at Squarespace. Head over to squarespace.com slash scaries for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code scaries to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's offer code scaries to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Barrett, we've got a lot to cover here because we you've do, seen a lot of do. the world over the last couple yes, of weeks. Yes, I've, uh, I've been thousands of miles away and now I'm back. With uh, with tales to tell, I'm very excited. Can you can you tell everyone where you went? Yeah, so um, I was on a 10 day trip with Howler Brothers, and uh, and we spent the first six and a half days in Hong Kong, meeting with our manufacturing partners, um, having meetings with them and with our various vendors, just going over product, going over submissions, kind of you know shaking hands seeing everybody in person for the first time in four years and, and, and just kind of having a sit down, um, which is important to do when you're, when you're working with people overseas. Um, that was all great. Hong Kong was, uh, you know, is, is very cool in its own right. And, and I've got some fashion notes from there as well. After the Hong Kong trip, um, we went on basically what we call like an inspiration trip where, uh, where members of the design team and myself went to Tokyo for a few days. And like the purpose of a trip uh, like this for a brand is basically to like put your pulse on what's happening on the other side of the world, especially in a place that is like very forward as it relates to to fashion and style. And there are a lot of like very you know as as forward as they are, um, you know they're obviously they're they are also interested in a lot of the same things that we are. So like there's a very big fly fishing culture. Uh, called Tenkara in oh, Japan. Yeah. Oh and yeah, they're big in the outdoors. And there's a shop called Beams, which like has like 27 locations, and um, it's basically like a combination Ralph Lauren stag Huckberry type of situation. So there's all sorts of brands that are only available over there, uh -huh. and so it's just like it's it's a really perfect place to kind of like go see what's happening, put your hands on a bunch of product that's that's super relatable, but like 
much different and then kind of like come home with a bunch of cool ideas um, and ways to kind of like diffuse what you saw and put it into to you know and and put that all into to something that fits for your own brand for your own vision so you know you said a lot right there Barry. yeah <laughs> but what I heard what I heard from you is that I need to start taking quote unquote inspiration trips uh, uh, just for yeah. Sunday scaries and retail therapy in general I, yes yeah this is something that is uh that is that's acceptable in the uh okay. in the industry okay Okay. So it's like, Will, why are you spending so much time <laughs> over in London and going up to Scotland and playing golf? Ah, just you know, inspiration trips, man. Yeah, yeah. I just totally. got, I got, I got to go do it. I mean, you look, it, and there's, you know, as 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 fun as it is, it it is important to 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 get out of your routine, to get out of your headspace, to see something different. Um, you know, there's only so much that you can do, like sitting behind a computer for. Oh, for jo five joking days a week. aside, like I can yeah. almost guarantee that when it comes to. Uh, maybe, I guess maybe the easiest barometer of this would be Sunday Scaries episodes for me because I think that's probably the most like deep down creative thing I do these days. Yep. I bet the episodes after I've gone on vacation, I bet they are much, much better than yep. the episodes that lead up to that vacation. Yes. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah. And I mean, and, and there is, you know, I, I, I won't talk about specifics right now, but like there's no question that that these trips in the past have led directly to like new kind of product that we feel is innovative and kind of cutting edge at, you know, for, for, for a brand such as ourselves. And like, I know that like mm -hmm. some of the stuff we, we, we saw over there will absolutely kind of like trickle in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just it, the, the kind of the funny piece about how it like relates to like the business aspect of it is, you know, you take what you saw, you take what you learned and then putting it into practice still takes like 18 months. Yeah, seriously. You know I mean? Like that's so like it's 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 all it, it's just all kind of it's like writing a book. It, yeah. It's just and like, it's, okay, um, cool. Like I can start writing this book now, but I know I'm not gonna reap the benefits of it for a long, long time. Yeah. And it, it always makes me think of the Miranda Priestley like monologue in Devil Wears Prada, yeah. where she like talks about like why her sweater is cerulean blue. Yeah. The reason you're wearing that fucking sweater is because I'm here yeah. sitting in this chair across the table. Yeah. You. And so it's I paraphrase. You know, we're 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 generally not like seeking out like Celine and Prada and Dior. And so it's it it's it's not necessarily coming from like high design, but but it's all connected. You know, like if if Natamika and North Face Purple Label are are doing, you know, certain details and certain colorings, like you're bound to kind of like see some of those things start making their way into like American outdoor sportswear. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I don't even know where to start with like specifics on your trip, Barrett, I, because. So here's where I'm going to start because this is actually after this, after my trip, you know, I got, I got a couple of questions about Japan at large and, yeah. and Tokyo and shopping. Yeah. But, it, uh, it's, it was always, it's always been a place that I've really wanted to go to, but really the pandemic slammed the door on, on my window to do it before having kids and being able to yeah. like go over for a couple weeks. And so now I, I'm pretty much just punting for a, a few years. Yeah. And, and you, I can't you, wait to do it. But you can honestly. I, I never did the research. You, you might just want to punt for like, I don't know, 12 years. Yeah. Because what I do have a coworker that like took his whole family over there for 10 days. And uh, I mean, it like sounded amazing to, to get the whole family involved <sighs> and to see that. It's such like, it's such an experience. And you, yeah. do, you do really need like, I, this is my second time in Tokyo. Both trips have been pretty abbreviated, mm -hmm. like max three days. And like, I'm already looking at flights back for a personal trip. Like it's not going to happen next year, but like, I'm just kind of curious because you really, really need like, I mean, if you really need like four or five days in Tokyo alone, and then- if Oh, like, I think that makes total sense. And then if you want to go like see other places or like squeeze in a ski trip and and- 
go to Kyoto and Osaka and wherever else, like it, that's, it's a 10 day minimum type of thing. Are so, you upset that the white Lotus season three is not going to be there? No, because where white Lotus season three is, is what I predicted. Okay. And I was like, kind of, I was, I, I felt so strongly that Thailand was perfect. And I, I, I said that on, on oysters, claims and cockles. And so then like, I think were, you actually said it on retail therapy I might have said to, to give you credit. I, I think you did. Um, and then there were all those reports that like they'd already started like location scouting in Japan. And I was like, oh, okay. I was kind of hoping for Japan. I think I think the dynamic there would have been interesting. If it was like winter Japan, that would yeah. have been pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think that. that's what would I think a winter a winter white lotus is is in should be in the mix. Yes, like yeah. I think it should happen at some point and yes. I hope it happens either, I, it just needs to happen somewhere really bougie or somewhere where there's like a significant amount of culture shock like totally. Japan. Yeah. Um anyway, long way around to say that the question I got asked about most was uh my my turtle purchase, my my plane pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and and how did the turtle treat you? And it treated me really really well. I, I love I, to hear this. Yes, yeah. I am I'm a convert. I you know, I it, Turtle, I feel like should probably, you know, hit us up and and maybe get a little sponsorship action. I because, think they need to refund. But, I think they need to refund. Yeah, you. yeah, but it's probably too late for that because I'm already going to gas them up. All right, look look this brand up if you're unfamiliar or you missed last episode or you're not you you don't know what I'm talking about. It's capital T R T L, and it is a very specific sleep pillow for planes that like it just kind of changes the game in the way that it supports you because it's not a cushy pillowy thing what it does is it actually has the functionality to do what you need to do on a plane which is just keep your head upright just, yes that's the hardest part that like everybody knows what it's like to like be so groggy and tired on a plane and you keep falling asleep even if you have no pillow and then your head just keeps bobbing down inside and like i put on when i got home i put on like my old just like classic neck, neck pillow and it was like this does absolutely nothing it's nowhere near tall enough like you, you need something all the way up to your ears, basically to like keep your neck locked in. Yeah. And so this turtle, it's basically like it, it like wraps. It's like a scarf almost that like velcros, and then there's just this like soft kind of flexy thing that just kind of sits in the crook of your neck, and you can kind of position it under your chin or over to the side or all the way to the side, how you know how whatever makes the most sense for you. And like the kind of the the crazy thing about it was I'd put it on and I'd be like. All right. Yeah, I can see how this is definitely better than the regular thing, but I still don't think I'm going to be able to get any sleep. And like the next thing I know, I'd wake up and it was two and a half hours later. See, yeah. Because it kind of also weirdly like simultaneously chokes you out a little bit. <laughs> you're just <laughs> like, I, I feel like when you're on a plane and, and you start doing the doze thing and your head starts to bob, you can yeah. never actually recover from no, it. No. You're just constantly kind of falling asleep and not really falling asleep. Yeah. Were you worried that people were going to look at you weird for having this like no, makeshift? I half neck brace no thing? i was worried that people were going to come just like steal it from me because yeah. they were going to be like damn what is that thing yeah i mean so so you it has the barrett seal of approval it has the barrett seal of approval i i do not sleep well on planes and like so you know for me to actually for me to actually fall asleep and wake up and have, have had anywhere between one and three hours pass was like a huge deal for me um, and so like, I'm not going to take this thing on any domestic flights cause I would just rather stay awake basically. Yeah. Um, but it is, I don't sleep on domestic flights unless I'm like, if the sun is up, I don't sleep on a domestic flight. I can't just nap during yeah. the day. But for, but for international where it's crucial to like burn a few hours so yeah. that you 
don't you know bore yourself to death like this thing was super clutch and the best experience i've ever had with like a with a sleeping pillow so turtle drop the bag seal of approval on the turtle okay um let's move on uh a couple things that i want to touch on let's just jump right into the close of uh of of hong kong works for me that's what i'm most interested in right now the 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 first thing I'll, i'll i'll make i'll make hong kong pretty quick you have never seen so much designer in your entire life. Is, is it just that? Is that the obsession? It's the obsession. Yes. And like, I, I don't, it, it was hard to even get a feel for, like, I don't think it's the exclusive territory of of the super wealthy. Yeah. And we're going to get into a little bit, of, a little bit of this in the back half of the pod. Yeah. Um, because, you know, with like what luxury clothes actually mean for the uber wealthy. Uh-huh. But it's it's like having i mean i saw so many pairs of louis vuitton and gucci sneakers balenciaga t-shirts just all over the place and there's some you know i'm it's totally possible that a that a decent chunk of it is fake basically or you know or knockoffs or reps but like even in the streets where they're and you know hong kong is a city where there are i don't know a half dozen louis vuittons and dior's and pradas and everything else yeah and like people are just like you just see the shopping bags all over the place so much so that i got to the point where i was like do you think people are like leaving their apartments and their houses with the shopping bag like are they bringing it back out as like an as an, as, as an like, accessory like to, to make show it, that they have shopped like a like status they just symbol there interesting that's that that's how it was but but even but you know then there was all this evidence that like nah they're just shopping because you'd walk by you know you'd walk by the christian dior store at 6 p.m. And there'd be a line of 50 people waiting to get in. I was just talking, like, the line to get into stores is just something that, like, it's something that I just hate to think about in general. But when you're overseas, it's it's such a standard practice. And I guess it is in big cities here, too. I I mean, I I guess so. And I I guess we've gotten a little dose of this down on South Congress with the Hermes store, which occasionally kind of, like, kind of falsifies a line, in my opinion. And, I, you know, they do the thing where they're like- Have you been in? No, I've not. I haven't, I haven't been in either. I, I, they, they want a really like pleasant shopping experience that never feels like crowded or overwhelming. So I think the deal is that they really only want like ten people max in the store yeah. at a time, and that's what creates the line. Um, but um, but but even you know I, I've spent plenty of time in in New York and Chicago, and like it, it, the 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 obsession specifically with designer is is not the same. Yeah. I... That's one. It's just something I don't relate to. Yeah, I I, I do think I'm a I'm a, a very big uh, you know I, I like there's certain brands and certain things that I definitely am somewhat of a slave to when it when it comes to fawning over things that might not deserve as much fawning over as I give it. But the one thing that I've never really loved is like those just major main brands, just because I feel like you see them so much everywhere that it almost becomes like boring to me in a way. Yeah, but. It is such a status symbol, and it is so. Uh, I mean, so widespread that I, I understand why why certain people do love it. And I mean, like, I think I'm in the minority, really, when it comes to not caring as much about certain things like that. Yeah, I I think maybe there in stateside there are just so many like other status symbols yeah. to have as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, you know, and we we could list those out. I should also note that I can't afford most designer stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that help that helps. But, like, but that goes back to the point where I think, like, I like this is. I think this is what a lot of people are spending their disposable income on. Is like they're just putting it all towards like 
they they need those Gucci sneakers or yeah. they need it's that about new, getting that, that back. Like it's back. it's figuring it out and, and they'll just sac- like- yeah they'll sacrifice other stuff like yeah. you know in the name of that. And I think at a, there was a p- point in my life where if I was making enough money, I probably would have done the exact same thing. But yeah. I, I was maxing out my you know paycheck to paycheck on stuff that wasn't designer because I couldn't afford J- that. On some J. I was just going. I was I was literally <laughs> going to say I was just going off at J Crew Factory. <laughs> um. So to to move it over to Tokyo. I'll 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 call back to to I believe the last podcast that we did where we ran through like some some uh some men's spring summer trend lists yeah. on British GQ. Yeah. And you know how like when we talked about like whether it was like, you know, the um the kind of the iridescent moon looking clothing or like the big ties or like basically any of those trends, you think about how they appear on the runway. And then you think about the way that like, you know, kind of Americans or 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 Westerners like kind of like adopt those trends and kind of fit them into their own wardrobe or their own individual style in a way that like makes sense for them and makes sense for for what they're doing and usually that's like a toned down version of it tokyo it like they just it's just all out it's just you read about the trend and then you just literally see the trend on the street like in full in full love it yeah love it which is amazing and i wish there was more buy-in across the board yeah, right. In, in, right. St- in the no, states, it's a like, lot, no, because it's it's a lot of fun to see, and like you especially see it in you know in the young people, where like it's such a like you know, and I there there's some of this happening with Gen Z and on TikTok and and with all youth generations, but like I feel like it's very it's it 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 gets pretty homogenous. Like one main thing kind of takes over here, and that's kind of what it is. Like a pair, like like. like uh, I don't know, like a pair of New Balance 550s <laughs> that everyone got, including yeah, you uh, and I. Um, or, you know, or just like baggy sweats or like yeah. a giant coat. It's like one or two things and then it it it, it kind of like it just is is everywhere. It it permeates and it's like there you're walking around and you and and my favorite thing was like watching like this crew of seven or eight 21-year-old Tokyo dudes watch walking out of one of the beam store uh-huh. and like Every single one of them was dressed differently. Yeah. So you had guy in like in that was still in like like a skinny three piece suit, and then you had dude in like a really baggy pair of jeans with like western boots, great, and like a leather jacket, and then you had like another dude that's just like full on like emo goth, like looked like he stepped out of Hot Topic in two thousand three with platform boots that are like six inches tall. Um, you know the like David Byrne style suits with Love like it. five inch wide ties. <laughs> like, um, there's obviously. I think everybody's kind of familiar with or, or somewhat familiar with like the the Harajuku girls who just basically look like they're in cosplay, like they're yeah. in costume, that they're they're so all in on stuff. Um and so the that that's kind of what stood out to me as far as like actual trend spotting is that they just adopt that stuff and they go they just try it out. They go all the way with it. Yeah. Um and there's plenty of people that are just dressed regularly as well. But like when you see somebody going for like a fashion look, it's just all the way there. Uh-huh. When that so that that was pretty sweet as well. Um, as far as what the people in Tokyo like to shop, it is uh, it everything I would say. <laughs> Whereas like Hong Kong, it's like very clearly like the the designer is the obsession. Like when we were out shopping, and you know it's a massive city with thirty eight million people, so that 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 helps that that ad kind of adds to this. But like it was our our kind of our big big shopping day was a Sunday where it was 42 degrees and it rained the entire day and like 
streets and shops were packed. Oh, I can only absolutely imagine. packed. I can only imagine that. Yes, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And so that, like, that was like people were. They, they, it's just man, it is. It it's a hobby there, and and Tokyo literally has everything. Um, too too much for me to name, really. So I'll I'll just I'll hit a, a, a few highlights here pretty quickly. You can ask me any questions that that you may have. Yes, I'm worried that I'm not familiar with so much that I'm like intimidated right now. So the the so I'll two big ones: Capital and Visfun. These are the mm-hmm. ones that I've talked about at large as like yeah. wanting to shop because they are on discount over there. And by that I mean like the import whatever it takes to import them to the states is about thirty percent. So the the list price is typically about thirty percent cheaper when you shop it there. Okay. Um, we, How's the exchange rate? Uh, pretty. I mean, the dollar is favorable over there. Yeah, it's like it's weird. It's like a thousand Japanese yen. I think is like seven dollars and thirty cents. So like the numbers, it's it's almost hard. Oh yeah, it's, it's to, hard like, yeah. to translate because it's such a giant yeah. number to a to a smaller one. Um, uh, we were moving fast and furious. There are about I think four capital stores in Tokyo alone. Into <laughs> Traverse. Are you doing a Tokyo Drift j- joke right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, on, on accident, only because it comes so naturally to me. Um, and to like traverse to all four of them would take you literally an entire day because Tokyo is so large. Yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, to maneuver, maneuver and so there's obviously like one, like where you guys went, it was kind of one hub of shopping that you went to. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Like we basically, like <laughs> I, I was thinking that we were in four different neighborhoods and then like, I, I look back at the map and kind of like I'm, I've been searching some of these stores to to learn more, um, you know, on my own time now. And it's like, no, no, no. We were in four subsections of one neighborhood. Yeah, that makes sense. Basically, everything that we did was in Shibuya, uh, which is one of the main shopping hubs. And then it was just in little like sections of Shibuya. Yeah. Capital store was awesome. It was basically it was so eccentric um, and they pretty much had no backstock. So like the size that you saw on the rack was the size that was available. So Stressful. That, that made it pretty tough. Is that a bummer? Like, I mean, kind of, yeah, a little bit because like, I, like I said, like I didn't have five hours to spend in there. And so I was just like scrambling, like trying to find the right pair of jeans and it was impossible. Yeah. So Did I, you have one place that you were like looking forward to the most? Th- going this to? was the spot. Okay. Capital was the spot. And like, I ended up at a, at a, at a very, like I, I dropped that link. You can see the the picture of the, the store opening, Yeah, which is literally like a curtain in just a you little hole even in know. the wall. You wouldn't even know to go in there. And it, it felt very much like a very small vintage shop once yeah. you're inside. And so it was like, you know, I ended up, I was able to grab a couple things, but like two t-shirts, Yeah, you know, and I was hoping for something a little bit more wild. Uh, Visfum, I dropped this picture in here, which uh, which we can share as as well. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make Just, you do a little write up for uh, yeah, this, this I, week's I Sunday Digest because I will, I will, I will. not do your uh, trip any justice. <laughs> yeah, um, Visfum was still too expensive, even at the Japanese price. <laughs> Coolest part about this shop was uh, those racks pull out of the custom wood cabinets and then rotate to see the what's on the other side of the racks, and then they push back in. It was very like mechanical and like borderline like uh uh steampunk so they're yeah they're like they're they're thinking through their retail stores a little bit more than uh we are over on this just side a of the tiny pond. bit just, just a, a little bit. bit um I, I mentioned beams which is they literally everywhere it's very cool they've, they've got their own line which you can shop at places here like uh canoe club and in boulder and um and then they have their own stores all over there which are multi-brand retailers full of stuff like 
post overalls and Remy relief and like a bunch of shit you've never heard of and, and, uh, very, very cool places. Uh, and then the vintage stores, man, this was, this was another huge one. Um, again, somewhat overwhelming to shop. Yeah. Oh, like honestly, a lot of the stuff and a lot of the resources that you put in like the rundown today, I'm clicking through everything. Like it, it seems like such an overwhelming task to to shop and go to numerous stores all in one day there. So, uh, you know, our, our VP of design, Sasha, who was kind of our, our, our leader on this trip, like he had a Google map put together of like all the stores that we could go to yeah. in Tokyo. And I mean, like it, I, I was scared to even look at it because like figuring it all out was, was so overwhelming. Like it's just the, the, the size of the city is, is, uh, is intimidating to say the least. Um, but uh, the, the vintage stores, the, this one that I've got linked is um, where, where there's a whole write-up about it. It was called, I guess it's called Laboratory slash Berbergen. You can tell me anything, but I believe you. A lot of this stuff you. gets lost in translation. But like, <laughs> if you have ever wanted like a very specific Grateful Dead tea, they have it. And there it costs, you go. And it costs $200. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what they pretty much but cost online stacks, these days. Stacks of like the most well-curated vintage teas you've ever seen. Um. <sighs> And then the last thing that I'll kind of mention yeah, here on gotta the, send me pics next time, Barrett. In the <laughs> in the, uh, the shopping uh, realm is basically what I'm dubbing sneaker lane, and it is it's it's basically all right. One of the crazy things about Tokyo is like it it's similar. It feels similar in layout to New York. If off of every major street in New York, there was also like a little pathway of little back streets and sidewinders and like yeah things that connect behind stuff. Uh-huh. There's like all sorts of alleys and little offshoots and it's um it you know it feels like a maze of sorts. And so like in in Shibuya kind of off the 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 main drag are all these little like you know spots you can dive into. And one of them is just like somewhere in the range of 4 to 6 very well lit and well curated sneaker shops which look like you're walking into like a Foot Locker or yeah. or, or or you know you're like a nice sneaker store uh-huh. they are resale shops they are basically stock x made okay uh in person stock x turned irl and that is it's so dangerous I, I, yeah because you think it's you think it's tough to like be like cruising around on stock x like looking at the sneakers that that you've had your eye on for a little while it's so much harder when you can just pick it up and look at it and feel it and well, be like part of the reason i like stock x nice and then walk out with it if you want to. i like stock x because i think they do a really good job of portraying the shoe in their photography yeah. and the way that you can do the 360 spin on there yeah i will go to stock x even if i'm shopping for a shoe elsewhere i will go to stock x just to get a really good feel for what that shoe looks like if i have that shoe and, and pretty much every time i get a shoe that i get and verified on that looks good on stock x i will get it in the mail and then i'll have it in my hand and be like, yeah, this looks really nice. Yeah. I can't even imagine if I was in the store and I just had the immediate access. I'd end up just like, I'd have to ship all the shoes back. It'd be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, you know, f- fortunately I was limited on, on my packing on, on what I could bring back. Uh-huh. And I'd already done a little bit of shopping here. Otherwise I like, I so I, I basically knew that I could not travel home with an entire shoe box. Yeah. And that is why I did not leave. I was going to say you had to uh, wear, you had to yeah. either wear them or just put them on your hands <laughs> as you go through security. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll save some of the other stuff. I don't want to give away too many of like the trends, that, like the 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 stuff that that I feel like we're maybe going to use for work. But um, one thing that I will say is that there's a, the the one that I'll, I'll I'll drop in here is that a lot of technical seersucker out there. Interesting. Like it's and it's so it's not like your blue and white kind of classic cotton, um, you know, very preppy look. It's like all darker, earthier tones and like a puckery fabric that might have like some poly or some nylon behind it. Very, very cool stuff. I think that's something I could, I could get into. I like yeah. that. I, I've always liked the texture of Searsucker and just kind of the look of it just because it's like there's something satisfying about like the bumpiness of it and stuff. And I, I think it kind of got ruined by a lot of people who wore it in situations that just make you look like a, look like a huge douchebag. Totally. And so to hear uh, the earth tone side of it, I think that can make it a little more approachable. I, I could get into that. Um. So another great article. I'll, I'll move to the culture here. We had this opportunity to meet this guy named Naoki, Naoki Ayanaga, and he essentially, I'll, I'll just kind of paraphrase here to, to, to make a long story short, he basically like brought reggae to Japan. Okay. Um, yeah, this is like a vinyl store yeah. that just does only like- So he, he's the proprietor of a place called Dub Store, which now has like a couple of spinoff businesses where you can like buy records online. Um, but- you know, we had this opportunity to meet this guy uh, through a couple of different connections. I believe that Yeti is doing a, like a film, like a document, like a short documentary film on him. And it, it, it's another thing. It was just like such a cool thing beyond just like seeing clothes is to like kind of immerse yourself in this wild kind of random piece of uh, of the culture over there where like there's a big, big reggae scene. And this guy, Naoki, basically was like traveling to Jamaica throughout the 90s and befriending and like becoming business partners with like people like Bunny Whaler and all of these like uh, just absolute reggae legends, yeah. bringing the records back to Japan and setting up shop as like a little record store. And so, you know, he's he's been all over the the world now kind of like sourcing records and then he turned it into, so it was distribution, but then he turned it into like a record label as well because they started doing their own high-end printings of like stuff that is not available on Spotify and that was lost to like, you know, to 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 whatever it might have been lost to, whether it was like recordings that never made it onto an album or yeah. part of a defunct old Jamaican record label or like, so he's basically like this like reggae guru. He was so cool. He was dressed in a suit and like a newsboy cap that he wore so perfectly um, and you know, he's just one of those people that you see it and you're like, man, you pull off everything you're yes, doing because yes. you have created a life yes. where that's what's expected of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he was, he clearly like, he was just one of those people like, you know, pretty much just what you said, but like this guy has his stuff figured out because everything about him and like what he does for work and how he kind of, you know, established this, this this life, uh, you know, yeah, in in in, in no other words. No, that's um, that's it's cool. This article that you dropped in uh, is awesome. I, I mean, it looks awesome. It's an interview with him, and like just the photos from it look really cool. I mean, I'm also I'm also going through my vinyl era. Well, so I w- I know I saw I saw you post about that, and I wish I wish you posted one week earlier that 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 you uh, that you bopped a record player because I would have brought you home something cool. Uh, Barrett, you were already you were already stateside by the time I had purchased I know, the record player. I, know. I was going to reveal today during uh during our wish list section that I have in fact purchased one. I'd like to give a special thank you to any listener who ba- uh who reached out. Uh, I did go with a, a retail therapy listener's recommendation and I went with a U-turn. U-turn. That's and yeah, I'm very yeah. I'm very excited about it. It uh, 
I think this, my speakers arrived Friday and I'm worried that the actual record player arrives on Saturday, but I did make two record or vinyl purchases today that I'm pretty excited about. So what, what are your first two, uh, two the, records? The first one that I saw was actually one that I was hoping just to get at some point. Uh, I figured I'd have to get it online, but it, when I walked into half price books today, it was literally staring me in the face. They had and Taylor Swift midnights right the, in the front. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no comment, but, uh, I, and it was, uh, Grateful Dead's Terrapin Station, which Terrapin Station is one of my favorite Grateful Dead songs. Uh, I've always, I, I want, really want to see it in concert this summer, but I had the pleasure of seeing Bob Weir perform it, uh, last a couple weeks ago and then i got uh probably the most influential jazz album of all time kind of blue by miles davis which was the uh, album that originally got me into jazz from my, okay. my cousin brian and uh I, I when i saw that sitting there i knew it was a i was eventually gonna have to do it and so uh we can check that off the list of all my wish list items it's very exciting but yeah, I now I really want to go to uh, this this reggae vinyl store. This well, looks incredible. I, they, I, I believe that you can do some shopping online through them now, and uh, you know I'll, I'll, we'll we'll talk more about it in the Sunday in the Sunday Digest and um, link you to this article if if you want to read more about him. But that was a very very cool experience. This record shop, the main record shop, is tiny. You know, it feels like it's fifteen feet by fifteen feet. Um, and we hung out for maybe an hour and a half, and like no fewer than. 10 dudes walked through there just yeah. to like rummage the rummage the bins you know what yeah. i mean like see if l looking for something specific or or um or, or just see what was in the used in, in the in the used pile or like you know it's 45s it's singles it's like old albums it's reprints it's it, it's crazy so yeah. uh it, it, that that was also a very cool experience uh well i have i've got bad news about tokyo as well <sighs> i'm not happy about what you're about to say uh, Tokyo stole my sunglasses. Are you a sunglasses, uh, loser? No, <laughs> I'm not. That's probably and a different way to phrase that. A sunglasses loser. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Here's what happened. I have, I've had this pair for, for, for nearly a year now. They're from J crew and they were, you know, they're 70 bucks retail with whatever sale I paid like 50 bucks. I wear them all the time and like, they're good for the beach. They're good for, you know, throwing around in the car and they are my obvious go-to trip sunglasses yeah. because they weren't expensive. Yeah, because you're not worried about I losing them like you did. I looked for them for a week before this trip, and I could not find them. I don't know what happened to them. So I may have lost the, that pair as well. Yeah. So like last minute, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll take, you know, I like to have a range of sunglasses. So I guess I'll take my mid middle tier pair, which is still too expensive to be taking on a trip. So I grabbed my Garrett lights. Oh, no. And I, and I threw them in the bag. No. Not the Garrett lights and not uh, the GLCs. And I, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, it, it, it'll be fine. You know? And I, so, so I, I threw them in the bag. Cause I, you know, you gotta have a pair of sunglasses on a trip. Got through Hong Kong. Didn't need them. Day one, day one and two of Tokyo rainy. Didn't need I was gonna them. say pouring rain. The very last day we're like, we're running around. It's, we're going to make my trip to the cat, my pilgrimage to the Capitol store, which was like number one on my list. Get to the Capitol store. I'm checking out. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been trying stuff on. I put my little jacket back on. My sunglasses are gone. Devastating. There's no worse feeling, especially, especially when you're not at home. Yeah. If you are anywhere but like where you live, not, I'm not just talking your home, like the city that you live in, whatever. Like it's just the worst feeling. It, it was, it was such a gut punch that it nearly, it, I mean, I, I had to fight to not let it ruin my entire day. 
And then I thought about it like a dozen more times on the trip home as well. I was like, oh, good. Yeah, I got to go to the Capitol store where I, uh, you know, I it was a net negative because now I have to rebuy these stupid fucking sunglasses. Yep. Uh, and uh, maybe worst of all is that this pair just like apparently doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, they, they recently redid, uh, Garrett Light recently redid a lot of their sunglasses. Yeah. I know this because I went in there uh, with some of my old sunglasses that I was hoping to get, you know, tightened up a little bit. And I ended up getting swindled into buying it. Not swindled. I mean, I was desperately hoping that they would convince me to buy some <laughs> other ones. But yeah, they they didn't have the... I wanted a different color of my old ones. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's just tough. I, I have lost mine trying something on before where I've set them down somewhere and then tried something on only to be like, oh, this fits. I'm leaving. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. It's just the worst. There's no and worse feeling. And 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 being in a you know in a city as vast as Tokyo, I probably left them in a cab, and it was like there was also like zero way to like even attempt to recover them. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's kind of refreshing though, in a way, knowing that you don't that they're just gone, knowing that they are just, gone yeah, forever. Yeah. Goodbye. Um, but I I I will attempt to to leverage the uh, the scariest listenership here. If if you happen to have a pair of Garrett Light Harding forty sevens in in uh, dark caramel, just like laying around, and you never wear them, uh, or maybe you work for uh, Garrett Light, who knows? Um, and you know if where like you know where they keep the samples. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. hit my hit my line. If there's one thing about the Retail Therapy Podcast, everyone knows that we really enjoy some Garrett Light sunglasses. <laughs> like it's just the facts. That's just how it is. <laughs> They're so, they're my wedding sunglasses of choice, and now they apparently my uh, my two years later sunglasses of choice yeah. that I'm uh, that I purchased. I I do love the brand. I think they're great. Great. They they look great. Um, and it's especially helpful to have a Garrett Light store uh, accessible to us now here in Austin. I think I'm gonna I will I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back down there and see what's available. I think I'm gonna pop into into Mos. I I'm gonna botch the name here, but I Moscow Moscow. No, no idea. It's got a T on the end, so maybe it's Moscot, but I'm pretty sure it's French, so I can't imagine that it's Moscot. I, I tried to go sunglass shopping. I, I was doing it before we went on vacation uh, earlier this year, and I, I decided to go to every sunglasses store in Austin uh, before going to Garrett Light, hoping that I didn't have to spend Garrett Light <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah. And like, of course, like I surveyed the scene of everything, found a couple pairs I liked at a couple places. The second I walked into Garrett Light, I, I focused in on one pair. I tried them on, and I was like, well, these are the pair. Yeah, like, ugh. Ugh. Um, the last thing that I'm going to say about this trip, and I will, I, I will write something up for the Sunday digest for those that are interested in I might it. just have you write like an entire, like just Barrett and, digest on Japan in even more detail, but a Japanese captain's log. Um, we've been conditioned here in the States. I have learned on this trip to food and beverage prices that are absolutely exorbitant and astronomical. Uh, we, after every single meal in Japan. On the low end and on the high end. I mean, we were in an Italian restaurant that was like handmade pasta. Some of the one of the best pasta dishes I've ever I've ever had. Like you know, shaved. Uh, um, the name's slipping my mind right now. It's like it's it's in the realm of like a dried fish or an uni. Okay. Batarga, batarga. I'm not familiar with batarga. On like handmade pasta. I, I mean, like we had des- we had desserts. I had I had wine. We I had a Negroni. Like and like the 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 bills would come back and would be like this has to be wrong. Like this would be, there were three of us and like the meals were confoundingly inexpensive. And like, I'm sure that you can find some places or do some high-end omakase or like whatever else it is. I'm sure that Tokyo has restaurants that are super nice and super expensive. But like we were in places where easy, 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 like we're talking like $250 or $300 for the three of us. And like the bills would be like $79, $120. And I don't, I'm not sure what, 
I, so I, martinis there weren't like twenty dollars. They a, were not twenty dollars. No, that's good. No, that's good. And entrees were not always twenty eight dollars. That's must be nice. And starters were not seventeen or eighteen dollars. And I don't. I like. I, I'm not sure what. Like that, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't line up for me because these are extremely expensive cities still. Yeah. Like you know. Like Tokyo is considered one of the most expensive cities I th- in the I think, world. Does to it live come in. down to just what you value in life? Like they look at food as a necessity, and so you might as well make this necessity be like I'm, I'm as almost, good as it can be. I'm almost wondering if if like places get uh, like if rent is controlled for restaurants or yeah. something like that. Yeah, like don't price out don't price out the uh, like the lower income people by just having like ridiculous restaurants. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a different culture over here. I think we're all obs- like everyone over here is obsessed with like the new restaurant that's coming out. The the like people love talking Michelin stars, James Beard yeah. awards, things like that. I don't really know the culture over there well enough to even like start to weigh in, which is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It might just, it might just be that cultural difference where like they just, they uh, like, if there's one thing we know about Japanese culture, it's that uh, the Japanese love to do things well. Like they like yeah. to perfect no, the craft, it's, whether it's, it's, very, it's yeah. whether it's a, a hand roll su- yes, of sushi yes. or whether it's a golf club or whether it's a pair of shoes or whatever. Like, right. like they find their craft and they they take it as far as they can take it. And that's something that I think we could all probably look at and appreciate or appreciate even more because if I've learned anything about like myself and kind of the the culture that I live in, it's that like I'm so it's such an ADHD culture around here that like you're constantly going and doing stuff and becoming a jack of all trades, master of none. Where like, now I'm kind of at the point in my life where I'm like, man, I kind of wish I was just really good at one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oil painting I, alone. I, I, I just, I don't know why I can't even leave a sandwich shop in Austin for like under $18. Yeah. My, uh, my chickpea burger and fries today cost me $16 for lunch. And I just shook my head at myself. Like, what are you doing, dude? I, chickpea burger. <laughs> that doesn't even sound that bad. <sighs> Sixteen dollars for the chickpea burger. It, it, it did. It That's did. Like once Snarfs I ate it. is charging for a turkey sandwich. <laughs> Snarfs. <laughs> I don't know why the name. The name of that sandwich shop will always make me laugh. But um. But yeah, that was that. That was really really interesting. Is is how even like the the places that you know I I think we 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 walked in expecting something a little bit more expensive and yeah. then it was. Uh, extremely reasonable in price. And that is just not something that we see in Austin. I can wholeheartedly say, Barrett, that you have done nothing to deter me from wanting to go to Japan, (laughs) specifically Tokyo. Like you're absolutely killing me and my bank account is screaming for mercy right now. Well, uh, the, the, um, looking at the flight prices compared to like flying to, to Western Europe, we should splash some water on you. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably a good call. It's probably a good call. (laughs) I'll start saving now. I'll start, I'll start using my, uh, my acorns account and uh, just toss some toss some acorns that way. All right, what else is on the list today, Will? We've had a lot of people reach out about one particular shoe, Barrett. I'm talking about the Eighth Street Sambas. Uh, these are designed by Ronnie Feig of Cl- of Kith for Clark's. Or no, I don't even. There are so many brand names going on here. Are we doing triple collabs now? What's yeah, going it's a on? Triple collab. Triple collab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ronnie Feig, Clark's, Adidas Sambas. Yes. It's it's a lot it's a lot of branding for what I'm actually going to say is a shoe that I'm kind of into when I expected myself to not be very into it. Yeah, you can see the the tri branding here on the little leather tag that comes on a shoelace, I believe, where you've got the Adidas trefoil logo and then Clark's and then Feig all kind of mashed up into a lockup that may or may not work. Yeah, uh, yeah but the- yeah, yeah, the the shoes are very. They are on on the surface, yes, 100% appealing. 
Um, these days, I do feel like, and I don't know whether to credit this to just like a, tr a, a trending moment or if something about Instagram does this, but like, why is green so hot? It's 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 the color of it's been the color of the of the. I don't want to say the moment because I feel like green has really had a good run for it's had about a nice run three to four years. Yes. yes. It's, it's the green and tan. It's like the British luxury of it. It's a, I almost feel like it's a tacit luxurious color that no one really realizes they associate with luxury. With luxury. Yeah. And yeah. it's been a color that I've always really liked. And I think that's because I've like the Anglophile in me has always gravitated towards things like barber that have their their British green sure. and the British khaki things like that. And so that that green and tan palette is something that I've always loved and gravitated to. And e like even as a kid, I look back at a lot of like what I wore. My parents dressed me in a lot of like dark green. Yeah. Like dark green Tommy Hilfiger sweatshirts, things like that. And I my eyes aren't deceiving me, right? The, these are a straight up like dark green pair, like a very dark green pair. Well, the, the, um, oh yeah, yeah, actually. So at I first get, I thought I guess... they were black and I was like, wait, these are like just a very husky green. Oh, okay. So now I'm, so I'm, I actually didn't even realize that there were multiple colors that had come out. Uh, the, the ones that I was initially referring to was just the, the standard white pair that, that does feature the green accents and the yeah. green stripes. See the ones um, that I, I actually, yeah, this, this dark pair, I think that is just a very dark green. Then they have just a straight up like brown, more supple looking pair. Yeah, and I don't think these second. I'm not sure these second two colors have dropped, to be honest. Uh, but 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 maybe they have. Maybe I saw I'm wrong. on like the website. I was on the Kith website and it said that like presale had ended. Okay. And then I went I went to a resale site and saw that they were really insanely priced. Like yeah 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 yeah. To a point where that I haven't seen a recent pair of sneakers get that high since like a pair of Yeezys. Yeah, I just did not realize that the that the other two colors here had dropped because the 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 white ones with the green stripes are definitely the ones that have kind of like made made the most uh the most noise on on the on the social mediums. Um Yeah, on goat, these are the chalk white are $505 right now. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I mean, they're so, on the the Savannah ones, which is the more tan kind of brown color, are three forty four. Uh, there, there was some chatter online that maybe these had been very, very purposely, um, extremely scarce, because almost immediately after they sold out, you know, just got yeah. botted to hell, and then we're fetching five hundred dollars on on the resale market. Ronnie did like this whole like, you know, tweet mea culpa bullshit thing where he was like threat. I'm so sorry. Threat like, emoji. <laughs> we could never have we could never have estimated the uh the the demand for this pair of sneakers. We want to make sure that everybody gets them. So that's why we're gonna do a pre-sale where you can order them now and you'll get them in nine months. So they they're doing exactly so, what ALD has been doing with uh a couple pairs of those Yes, sneakers. but I think ALD has even backed off of that because of such backlash to that model. Yes, there was a, I mean there was an absolute like like if you went to the comments of ALD's post yeah. for a while, it was all people complaining like, dude, what are my what are these shipping? What are they shipping? What are they shipping? And and, and you know And I've, that's just, I get it. I've talked to other other, you know, friends and and designers that like have thought about pre-sales and it's just like it's it's a it's a can of worms because people say that they want that, but then when you take their money and they don't, and they still don't have product three months later, they get upset, even if they thought that they wanted this this thing. So like a presale is just a non-starter for me. Like I'm gonna fork over two hundred and twenty dollars and wait nine months for these. Like no, like it's, it's, it's it, fashion. I mean, I, I, fashion's too cyclical. Like I, yeah. whenever I get a pair of shoes that I really fall in love with, like if I find a pair of sneakers that I really, really, truly fall in love with. I always think to myself, like, I should get another pair for when I wear these out. 
then by the time I wear them out, I'm like, thank God I didn't get another pair. I'm over these. <laughs> like, yes. I, and, and that would happen to me all the time. I mean, I think I didn't have this in the rundown, Barrett, but I think we need to bring it up just based on the, the topics that we're talking about. Uh, the ALD New Balance 860 V2s yeah. dropped today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are, are these a preset? No, it's a draw. No, it's just a draw, just a standard draw. Is it going to be the same thing like every ALD draw lately where, where like, like you, you're guaranteed to yes. get them if you enter? Yes. Because that's what it feels like. Yes. What are your thoughts on these? Uh, these are a lot more flashy and technical than some of the other sneakers yeah, we've seen from they, them lately. They, more than like almost anything else. And there's been some other stuff like the Gel Cayano 14, um, the you know, the one that got the Jown collaboration and that is really popular right now as well. Like there, there are some of these sneakers that v- more more than ever in like the current like trend cycle very, very, very much look like an early 2000s, like actual running shoe. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. like a slightly adjusted one that looks a little bit more like street ready, like just like a straight up 2000s runner. Yeah. This one totally has that look. Like it looks like you should just be running in these. Yes. Um, and it should and be noted that the color, the the main colorway that they is, are forcing down our throats right is now the is, is the green and the tan. Of course, of course. Uh, I really like the way the red the red pair looks. Um, the 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 question that I I used to talk myself out of these here today is if these were not ALD, if these just dropped on New Balance's website in these three colors, would you even give them a second look? And the answer is absolutely not. Sometimes I'm not proud of what I'm about to say, but this is how I handle certain emails that I get that I'm not expecting about things like this. I have a I either will fall in love with something and go buy it. If I like it and don't want to buy it yet, then I'll open the email, close the email, but I won't remove it from my inbox. So let it sit there for the day and let it marinate a little bit. This one today was a, okay, am I deleting this email or am I letting this sit? And I was like, I'm deleting this email. I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't need yeah. these yeah. at all. Like yeah. this is such, I don't, I don't dislike them, but it's just like, well, you do not need this, this pair of shoes. Yeah. I also talked about this on like our fashion resolutions uh, podcast where like the, the, last year I probably buy a pair of these just because I'm like, all right, whatever. It's an ALD in New Balance drop. We could resell it. We'll, I'll be able to resell it. Like, fine. Like, let me just throw in my draw. I want to keep my status, yada, yada. Like I like the red pair. Sure. I'll just take that. Yeah. And yeah. then I'd pay $150 plus tax stripped to $165 plus their $12 shipping because you don't meet the threshold. So suddenly I've paid $180 for these. I'll get them in two weeks. I won't like them. The only outfits that they'll go with are like a very performancey, athleisure-y shorts wear. Yeah. And then I'll be like, all right, well, what are they going for on StockX? $165. So like, yeah, no, it's just a it's it's a this is a no for me. I've been I've been burned too many times now. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, um, yeah, I was just, just going to come back to the Sambas. Um, well, there's a, there's some people that are trying to uh, claim Sambas are over, that they're played out. And well, that, that that's going to happen anytime a shoe gets this ubiquitous. What I was going to say about these to that. is that uh, if you've never dealt with a crepe sole, be warned on these. Because crepe gets very, very, very dirty very quickly and there's no way to clean it. But it, so kind like, of ru- it kind of like almost balls up. Yeah, yeah. And like the dirt will start kind of like, even though you're not touching the midsoles or, or the lateral and medial sides, like it's that, that dirt just like creeps up. It doesn't just get on, on the sole. Yeah. So like, especially if you're in a walking city such as <clears throat> New York and you're like walking around in these, these are going to look beat quick. Uh, Hey, take that New Yorkers. <laughs> enjoy your, enjoy your, uh, um, c- cool weather clothing as much as you want, but <laughs> we'll enjoy sneakers that yeah, we can't just, walk around in. Yeah. All, all we do is drive. Yeah. These bad boys. We have our <laughs> restaurant sneakers. <laughs> 
Um, but I do find them aesthetically pleasing. They're a ni- <laughs> it's a nice looking sneaker. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to like them as much as I didn't. I was like, you know what? Just let yourself enjoy these. Will you don't yeah. have to. You don't you have, have to, to dislike yeah. them. Uh, we, I have another thing that's been popping up, and this is mainly because I'm just on high Jonah Hill alert at all times. Yeah, he's been rocking slides pretty much everywhere with pants, and I just I don't know where to land on this because we've been told for so long to not do this as as men. Yeah. Um, that being said, I know that like you and I have never been opposed to getting fashion inspiration from a lot of things that women wear. Sure. And now that I'm looking at Jonah wearing slides and showing a little toe, I'm like, man, do I need to get some leather slides at some point? I love, I do like a pair of slides and I do like normalizing a pair of slides. That being said, I also am not, I'm not so ignorant that I don't realize that there are so many people out there that see a guy wearing slides in public and they're like, oh, that's sloppy and gross. You're All right. Dis- you disgust me. But here's the thing. You ever worn your pair of Birkenstock Arizonas to dinner? <sighs> yeah. Then you're wearing slides to dinner. That's true. It's you know? true. But like, like Birkenstock Arizonas carry a different weight to them. They're like, oh, that person smokes weed, not like, oh, that person's being fashion forward. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the I, leather sandals are definitely one of the things that I've been uh, like around long enough to have seen kind of come back, like go out and then come back in. Yeah. But like when I very first started working at By George in 2013, like we had several pairs of like Lomvum, um leather, criss- you know, crossed like slide sandals in stock at that point. And so like now 10 years and, and 10 years later, like here we are again, back to like the kind of, you know, it's very, it's very, um, it's very, it's, it's Euro is what it is. It like feels very like vacation-y, but like in an Italian and kind of like Greek yeah. way, not really like a, you know, Florida or Cabo way. You know, I need to stop thinking, I need to stop overthinking this. Like if I'm in a city like New York where they don't have restaurant sneakers, they have walking sneakers. Yeah. Like wearing a pair of open-toed slides with some pants is probably not going to work out. For I don't me. think that's going to work but out. But like, if I'm on vacation or if I'm in like LA or even like Austin, I feel like you could pull it off during the hot times of yeah, the year. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, maybe I just need to be a little less worried about that, especially if it's not a pair of Adidas pool slides. Yes, and that's the big difference is that that once you move into that leather arena, even if it's with Birkenstocks, which I agree have a different connotation, but are still you know in the same realm. It's like, yeah, now you're doing something a little bit different. At the very least, you're making an attempt to like to 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 be dressed in a in a forward or fashionable or intentional way. Um I'm really fucking with Jonah Hill's vibe lately. The leather, though, again, speaking of the city in which we live, it's gonna be very sticky. Yeah. Around uh yeah. you know, well, maybe today where we have a high of ninety one in <sighs> April. <laughs> Such bad allergies. You can't leave the you can't yeah. leave the house. But shouts to Will for 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 going for it today. He is following one of my rules for being fashionable in Austin, which is that sometimes you just have to wear the sweater on the ninety degree day. Here's the thing: when it's ninety degrees outside, uh, everyone starts bumping the AC. True, it's and very true. I I have learned that I have now become a person who needs to have something in the office you at need all a times. Little layer. I, I'm the cold person in yeah. the office. Like I I don't know what's wrong. Great with Great opportunity to wear some knitwear. Yeah. I, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. I might be the person that's just like, eh, it's kind of hot in here. Should we knock it down a couple <laughs> degrees so I can wear my brand new sweater? I like that one. That 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 caught my eye on 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 the site, and that's uh, this this was a purchase that I had no intents of making, but I recently had a black sweater of mine. Kind of, I've been wearing it a lot, and it's shown some wear and tear. Sure, I don't want to wear it out as fast as I have been, and I was like, I need one that I can uh, beat up a little bit more. And when I saw ALD release one, their sweaters have honestly been 
um, worth the price. Their, their knitwear is probably the best. This is probably the thing they do the best. I, I I feel guilty spending a lot on knitwear living in Austin, Texas, but there's something about the ALD stuff that is feels like it is so much more high quality than some of the other stuff that you can get from them. That they have my business until they mess up, and they have yet to mess up for me. And I think I'm on at least sweater number four from them at this point over the last like three years. Okay. And I, 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 I can stand behind them and, and my cost per wear on these is just going down all the time. And I, I'm just very happy with it. So if you're, if you're on the fence of buying uh what was this one called? I want to specifically call it out because it's very comfortable. Let's see. It's like the washed crew something or other, yes. right? Yeah, it's like it's a little lighter than I anticipated it being when okay. I first bought that, it. I mean, that's nice for it's, for a spring spring sweater. It's the overwash crew neck sweater. They have one that's got a little design on it, kind of like almost like a tie-dye effect, and then they've yep. got a red and a, a black, but the black is a lot less black, a lot more It's very washed out. It's like a gray. It's a lot much. more washed out yeah, than it yeah. than it appears on the site, but it's a very nice sweater and what, the second I got it, I was I kind of was thinking of maybe returning it if I didn't fall in love with it. I put it on and wore it all night last night. <laughs> um, let's talk quiet luxury. Yeah. So there's an article that got uh, put up recently by, I think, Business of Fashion. Yeah, Business of Fashion. And this kind of relates to a another topic that falls in line with a lot of things retail therapy, and that's succession. And a lot is made of succession whenever it comes out. One of my favorite things that happens when there's a new su- succession season going on are all the Instagram accounts calling out the fashion for succession. Yeah, yes. I really truly enjoy it because it's like hilarious to say, oh, this black hat that Kendall's <laughs> wearing is $450. Why? Yeah. Um, you know, this pair of, you know, generic sneakers that um Roman is rocking, uh, oh yeah, those are $1,250, whatever it may be. And so business of fashion, uh, they said it's not just succession, why quiet luxury is everywhere lately. And it's essentially just saying like what we don't realize is that the most expensive of things, sometimes they're going under the radar because they don't have that um, very blatant, blunt branding like we were talking about with you know a lot of the clothes that you'll see from designer stores and things like that. Uh, some specific brands that they call out are like the hat that I was talking about, the Laura Piana hat. Laura Piana, yeah, yeah. Which somehow I fell in the uh, Instagram trap of getting marketed that hat a lot, and I was like, stop! <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Uh, the row is one that I think is like one of the best examples of it when it comes to that, just yeah. because I mean everything there is, um, uh, it carries a, a a weighty price when it comes to checking out. Yes. Um, and, uh, and then the other one here, Brunello Cuccinelli, yeah. I believe is mentioned, which is kind of like, I, I would kind of call it, it's not the OG, but it's kind of like, it feels like the biggest name for men in this space and like the, it kind of looks like polo, but it's, you know, far more elevated and doesn't have any branding on it. And it's from the most luxe fabrics, uh, on earth. And it all costs like, you know, starting price of $3,000, but, um, yeah. So the, you know, um, just to, to kind of call back here like the hong kong airport is also just has one of every designer store yeah and like that you know we, we uh, walking by all of them i i kind of casually like mentioned like looking over at loro piana I'm like oh yeah and there's the low-key most expensive brand in the entire place which you would not expect like it is it, it is it's it's really really quite shocking and laura it's been used for both Logan and Kendall quite a bit throughout seasons. The hat is $1,200. Uh, yeah, there you go, right? Uh, and like, sw- I mean, cashmere sweaters can be, you know, you think of like, oh, what's a high-end cashmere sweater? Sweater Like maybe like $1,800 when it's like Elder Statesman or Prada or whatever. And like, I think they have 
items that are th th honestly three thousand for yeah. For this a sweater, I mean, this like, the first sweater that comes up is a uh, Fair Isle sweater that's cashmere that is twenty three fifty. Yeah, and I guarantee that's not the cheapest one you can get from right. them. Right, so it, it's just pretty next level. But um, I, I think I think that you know they have a t shirt like, sweater for forty eight hundred dollars right here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't. I, yeah. I'm kind of in shock by what yeah. I'm. Re I can't yeah. believe that. Like, uh, I think that that must include you flying out to like, you know, right? pick the. Do I get like a boat ride with this to pick the the lamb that they shear? <laughs> yeah. Do I get to shear this lamb? <laughs> um, but do I get to eat the the the, the lamb shake after? <clears throat> it definitely just kind of speaks right to like the idea that if you if you are flashing around in lots of labels, if you are announcing what you are wearing. It almost like sure it like puts you at a level that like maybe you can afford that that price level, but it also puts a ceiling on you in a way. Yeah, because the next level up, it's like it is completely as they call it. It's quiet, like it doesn't like if you get up close, you can tell that it's expensive stuff. It doesn't it, matter it, to the people that can afford it. They don't need to talk about it and, and show right. how expensive it is, and that's that's the difference. Like, yes. um, I. I don't know. There's. I'm trying to think of any brands that we used to sell that come to mind that like fit this mold. And, and there's a million of them uh, at the store that I used to work at, um, which was a great thing. But like the customers there, it like they just wanted something really nice. And you know, a lot of customers that are that are shopping in this range, they're not worried about uh, the price of it because that's not something that matters to them. It's about getting a product that they really like, and that's why they can almost be quiet about it because they don't need to like. It doesn't need to have all that. Uh, and like what I've learned is too, is that the people whose style that I've learned that I like the most or that I try to mimic the most or that I just get inspiration from, it's all people that don't really have those labels on their stuff. And if they do have the labels on their stuff, it's from approachable brands. It's not from designer brands. Like it's someone like Reese uh, from Cake Not Crumbs that's got like a Stussy thing on it, this thing or a Stone Island thing. It's not like, it's not like a $4,000 t-shirt. Right, right. So um, I don't, it's, it's. It's interesting. I don't know. Like my optometrist walked in one day and she was wearing this sweater. You know how optometrists, they get right up in your shit. Like there, she's like right in front of me staring in my eyes. And like, all I could do is look down at her sweater and I'm like, that is the nicest sweater I've seen in a really long time on somebody. <laughs> like I just wanted to like touch the cuff of it just to see like how, how soft that mohair was. Like just see how, I was like, ugh. Well, yeah. why are you so focused on this sweater right now? It's the 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 piece of it that like, you know, that, that's kind of intriguing from the article for me as well is like the idea that that a lot of these brands are if you know you know right uh -huh. that there's that aspect to it that like oh yeah you know but it's almost like well you don't see you don't see the the brand recognition out on the streets because they don't have those labels on it that right. show yes. you like this is dior this is chanel but that if you know you know thing it's just kind of it's fun it's it's fun how that is something that people gravitate towards no matter what range they're shopping in uh -huh. and because it's like you know even with branded luxury stuff it's like you have to you have to be able to recognize like that, oh, those are the new Virgil Louis Vuitton sneakers or with, you know, with, with for us, it's like a lot of the stuff we wear is like cool to other guys, yeah. right? Because like, oh, that's that, that this guy checks out, you know, ALD or Stussy or whatever yeah. it might be. And so it, it, that, that is always like a thing. And it's just like, I, I got to wonder, it, it, it's just kind of funny to think about like being at the level and only associating with other people who you're like, oh yeah. They're gonna notice that this is this is that new row shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like this is not a good example of it, but like whenever whenever I'd be in northern Michigan and we'd be like at the ski area, you'd see some out of towner come in 
I don't even know where they'd be from. And they'd be rocking like a Montclair jacket. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like no, no one around here is rocking that. But the crew that you run with from right. out of town, yeah. they're all like, oh, exactly. That's, you're that's, in the wrong if, that's you know, if you know you I was know like, no, tier. you yes. need to be wearing like a Patagonia jacket <laughs> and like some beat up Carhartt overalls on this ski hill in order to get respect from people. Otherwise, you just look like a, an out of towner that's trying to, uh, to, to get in our way. Well, do you know who um, just really epitomized quiet luxury over the last couple of weeks? Who? It was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow going to the courtroom day in and day out. What a ride we got <laughs> taken on this past couple, whatever. I mean, I, I didn't know, I didn't understand uh, how far this trial was going to get taken. And now that we've gotten to the point where we are overanalyzing her Mountain Valley water bottle that she's walking in with, like we've finally, like we've reached peak Gwyneth Paltrow. This is great. This is awesome. I think this helped her brand more than anything else has in the last like five years. By her way, personal brand, not good. How does what what happens? Like the you know obviously the last time that I can remember is Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Why are some celebrity trials just like suddenly all over C-SPAN? Like they're just broadcasting the entire trial and like they they become pop culture. You I think know, because there's a I think I think it has to do with the difference between like a beacons. civil trial and like a. Um, uh, criminal trial. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it's like if, if the state is pressing charges against somebody, then like they won't record it. But it if down, it's yeah. like, if it's a random dude who's suing a celebrity, then it's basically reality. It's like, TV. Hey, let's, yeah, let's get some cameras in there. So yeah, I, by the way, I still, I did not, I, I saw all the photos of Gwyneth. Like I know that like what she was wearing was, was being analyzed. And similarly to the succession, uh, characters, like it was like, here's what she wore. Um, no real idea what's, what was going on with that trial. She hit some guy skiing and he sued her. And I, that, think, that, that, is that, I think what we have it? learned is that he really hit her and then realized that he hit Gwyneth Paltrow. And then and suddenly was he was like going for a little. Okay. See, yeah. 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 Does it? I mean, that's that's like the obvious take is that this guy was just like, you know, well, my initial, reaching, my right? initial but, reaction but I didn't was want to say that because like I don't actually know. I, I did zero research on what the actual trial was about. We brought it up on Circling Back and my initial reaction was kind of like, I, you know, I don't know enough about this to dunk on. Uh, a person who might have brain damage because that's what they're suing for. But as I started to to read more about it and as I started to get uh, even messages from listeners who kind of had stories about uh, this guy or the situation, it started to become a little more evident that there was something more at play here. And then then it kind of – you started to understand that Gwyneth Paltrow is not going to participate in a trial that uh, she thinks she won't win. She's not going to take the stand and sure. uh, do that if she doesn't think that she's got a pretty good damn good case. She's not going to pony up $300,000 for absolutely no reason. Uh, but the Washington Post wrote, one of my favorite things I've seen in a long time, I'd like to give a hat tip to Micah Weiner of uh, Micah's Read of the Week fame, uh, who forwarded this along to me. But it says, during the last two days of the trial, which ended Thursday with a judgment in Paltrow's favor, the actress toted a half liter green glass bottle from which she took fortifying swigs. At first squint, you might have thought it was Perrier, the OG status symbol water bottle, or Pellegrino, perhaps, an Italian brand that would look at home on the white linen tablecloths of power lunchers doing multi-zero deals. But it was, as some sharp-eyed viewers determined, a brand called Mountain Valley, which has low-key claimed a spot among the aforementioned classics of the genre, as well as the trendier brands as a bottled water choice for the rich and famous. What a two paragraphs this Washington Post writer wrote. Yeah, um, very very well articulated. And I read that paragraph and I was like, okay, bullshit. And then they checked that 
Shiv, Roy, had also been carting around a bottle of Mountain Valley on succession, and I was immediately sold. I, 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 I have not cleared what I'm about to say with the person uh, who is the subject of what I'm about to say. But one of the people in my life who I trust the most when it comes to style, when it comes to fashion, when it comes to, uh, honestly, pretty much everything we've talked about for the last 10 minutes, <laughs> uh, she has been an avid drinker of Mountain Valley for a while now. Okay. And I have been conditioned to be like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes all the sense in the world. And now when I see it at a restaurant or at a like a store, I'm like, there's that Mountain Valley. Dude, like, I'm, I'm that is going, that baller I, shit. Here's what's sad. I'm going to grab <laughs> Mountain Valley now. I'm going to buy some Mountain Valley. Well- Okay, so part of the reason that I actually am in favor of you doing this is not just because it's the it water right now, but um, it comes in a glass bottle. Yeah. When Voss was coming in a glass bottle, I would buy a Voss over something else because I knew that I would reuse that Voss, one, because it was reusable, more reusable than a plastic bottle. Yes. No one likes re- and no one actually liked reusing a plastic bottle. But the second reason I did it was because uh, I also just thought you looked ball and drinking Voss at that point. Yeah. Like, you're drinking glass well, water, that, bottled water. That was going to be my next question: Is what have you ever gone through? You know, in a, in our in in our previous lives, previous eras of of uh, of just eschewing all single use plastic, um, and you know, really committing to the uh, the Yeti or the Hydro Flask or the Nalgene life. Um, what did you have like a go to water like? But that's but I think you've answered it. So it was it was DeVos. I when they had the glass bottles, I would do that. Um, if I actually had to say what my go to bottle of water would be. I think it's Evian. And okay. I think it's Evian because of a soccer camp I went to when I was younger that was sponsored by Evian and they gave us a ton of Evian the entire time we were there. But I don't really buy bottled water these days unless right. I'm in an absolute pitch. And yeah. even so, Sally will come home from the hospital because they have to do bottled water there. They can't really have like reusable stuff everywhere, whatever. Sometimes you just have to grab a bottle of water. Yeah. She comes home like every day with a half finished bottle of water and it just kills me inside. I'm like, I told her, I was like, stop bringing these home. I don't want to see these. Leave them in your car, do whatever. And now I just chug them and, and get rid of them immediately just so I don't have to look at them on my my counter or in my my refrigerator. Uh, my go-to, my pick in a pinch or on a road trip or anything like that where you need the water is smart water. I knew you were going to say smart water. Yeah. You just got the smart water vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that makes sense. Okay. I, I mean, but I, not, yeah. I think, dude, I, I, I buy it. Just because we host the retail therapy podcast, like I, you can't catch us drinking anything but Mountain Valley now for the like for the it, summer. No, it's 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 Mountain Valley or bust for the for the rest of. The summer. I'm gonna be savoring bottles of Mountain Valley <laughs> on like a, like a boat this summer that I don't own. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna teach Fritz how to to savor uh, uh, something so I can just have him do it and I can just like ball out with my my Mountain Valley water. You don't even need beers on the boat anymore. You no. just you just need Mountain Valley waters. Yeah. If if oh, what's that green? Bo- Oh, that's a Heineken? No, get it off the boat. <laughs> get it off the boat. That needs to be Mountain Valley only. Shall we do our wish list items, Barrett? Let's go Let's go wish list. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, I had that I had an update, but my update was simply that I got the record player that I've been talking about doing for too long. So more on that in the future. But I'm going to start off today with a pair of shoes that I never really wanted to buy and I missed out on them in the first place. But the more and more, the further I get from this drop, the more that I think about them, which shows me that I really do need to pull trig on them at some point. Unfortunately, I think that point might be a month from now, maybe two months from now, maybe even you know right before fall, hoping that the price goes down. But it is the New Balance 574 Legacy. They're the Stone Island edition. There's yeah, just something yeah. I like about them. I like the color. I like the the fuzziness of the uh, the suede. I like the the almost like. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's almost like the Gore-Tex nature of the accents. 
there's just something about it that's just earth tony and nice and i enjoy it and i like it and i think i'm just going to end up buckling and buying them at some point uh that being said i, I need you need i need you to hold me accountable barrett I need to sell, donate, or just get rid of some old sneakers before I add anything else to my closet right now. Yeah. There are numerous people in my household who are not approving of how many pairs of shoes I have floating around right now. (laughs) And so there might be a mass donation going on somewhere uh, in Austin, Texas soon. All right. Um, So as you might imagine, uh, coming back from a Tokyo trip, I am... uh, I'm looking at all my brands that I discovered. I'm like trying to figure out where, yeah, if, they, you, if they're viable at, at, at various places. You're in trouble here. Uh, and then, you know, we've got another, you mentioned Derby. So I'm starting to look at some Derby stuff, but I, I'll save that for, uh, for another, for another pod. Um, but I, I am going to keep it, I'm going to keep it homegrown here, but I, I still have a bit of a, of a Tokyo story to, to add here. They've got on one of these big strips, they've got an absolutely beautiful Ralph Lauren store with a double RL two story in the back. In a Ralph's Coffee on the right, um, and uh, I'm a huge Double RL fan. Have been for a long time, and that's like you know that that's Ralph's like basically ranchware line that's yeah. super high end and his pet project and um, everything I've ever heard about it. Like industry wise, is it is just a loss leader, but it's like his passion project, so it, it gets to stick around. Um, walking through the Polo store though, and then the Double RL store, it was the first time in a long, long time where I was like, Polo is looking really good right now. Ralph Lauren is looking hot. I liked it better than than Double RL um, for the first time in a long time. So I've been doing a lot of cruising on 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 RalphLauren.com, just like looking at the new arrivals and 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 kind of seeing what's what. And one of the things that they have uh, brought back in the last like couple of seasons is their uh, Polo Country line. Okay. And you're, which, you're, which I believe I am all ears right now, which for what I believe you're doing. was actually the predecessor to double RL. I believe that the very, very first double RL stuff and historians can correct me if that's wrong, but I believe it was the precursor to double RL. And it's like, it's, it's, you can't even filter for it on the website. It's just, you can catch the label in some places and yeah. see that some stuff has the, that kind of the, the polo country, um, moniker on it. So what I'm dropping in here right now is like not that exciting, but it's just a really good looking hat. That's like a soft front, but it's a mesh back, but it's a leather strap. And it's just got like, it's all kind of white and creamy and looks like a really nice, like stone color for summer. Um, and I like just the, the, the strap on the back is like a nice elevated detail and it's got the polo country logo on the front. Um, and it's just really clean and really nice, and it, it might be my first my first Ralph Lauren purchase in quite some time. There are some people that are scared of buying trucker hats in 2023 because of the connotation from these from the Paris Hilton days. What can you say to ease the pain of some of these people who are worried about wearing a, a trucker hat? <laughs> I'm not one of these people. Um, yeah, uh, I I don't. Man, they the, the the trucker's always relevant in some way, shape, or form uh-huh. because even after that like Von Dutch trucker run, we just moved into like the Patagonia block. Yeah, exactly. And, like and every dude, every dude had a Patagonia truck like style trucker hat. Yeah. And even if it wasn't a trucker hat, I mean that thing had the shape of a trucker hat. And and now fast forward like another few years, and it's like the hottest caps in Austin are like the souvenir style ones that you grab from like Deep Eddy Cabaret, seriously, or Merritt Coffee, seriously. or like any one of these spots. Which is again kind of to go to the. It's like a, if you know, you know play. Yeah. Right, but like it's thirty they're, bills. They're 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 mostly uh, done on on truckers right now. So I think this one um, is just kind of like a combination of like of a lot of those things. It's like. The, the 
it, it doesn't look, I don't connotate anything with this particular hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because of the mesh. Like all I'm reading is like, hopefully it'll breathe a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all in. So I'm, I'm mainly, I'm probably going to clip this and send it to a, a co-host of another podcast that I host who is just so averse to trucker hats. I'm like, you don't need to be scared, man. These are out there. It's okay. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that, that's interesting. I, I don't have like, and we like need to be supporting truckers aver- like more than ever now that's, because that's I mean, true, we can't you know? have these autonomous vehicles like taking their jobs. Right. Like Logistics, we stand the trucker supply community. chain, all that needs to happen. <laughs> I think that's all she wrote. Honestly, I'm very impressed with our performance today. This is our, uh, they talk about the Jordan flu game all the time. This is the retail therapy allergy game. And uh, I think we won. I think we won. Yeah, we are just like MJ. Um, <laughs> we definitely, we we came out on top, victorious, uh, head held high, and hopefully we'll be less sniffly on the next go round. There we go. All right, well, let's get out of here. Let's uh, relieve everyone of just hearing our sniffly voices and nasally voices. Uh, any closing thoughts? We'll see you next time. Hopefully we'll see you in New York. Pencil that in. We'll talk to you guys later.